Welcome back. We're back for another episode, the second episode, mind you, of Down Under the Ring. I'm your host, The Warship, and I'm joined once again by Fid Mick. Awesome. What's going on, Fid? Oh, nothing much, dude. It's been another amazing week of pro wrestling, and it's been an amazing week considering we've been doing this for one week. We've had exactly one episode, and the feedback so far has been super positive. It's been awesome. Yeah, look, honestly, the way that I started it off and described it, you would think we've been doing it for ages because that's how it's felt. You know, it's oh, been it such a way. relief. Yeah, it's been so cool. We've I've had nothing but nothing but messages from people pretty much the whole week just asking about it, you know, yeah. like, oh, it's really cool that you're doing this and how can I do it and all of that kind of stuff too. How, how about yourself? Yeah, no, I've had a wrestling organisation in New Zealand reach out, see if we can do some work with them. That's been awesome. I can't say too much more. You'll know exactly what I'm insinuating, but Mm -hmm. another company has reached out and said, hey, do you want to come to one of our shows? Mm. Look, uh, it's it's exciting. It is. It's pretty exciting. And we've also had someone reach out and say, hey, can we be involved as a sponsor? So, look, and it's one week, so we're not confirming anything with anyone yet, but, hey, it's exciting. Are you telling me that I shouldn't have quit my job already? Hey, dude, I've already quit mine. I quit mine three weeks before <laughs> before we started. So, I quit three weeks. I quit three weeks before we decided we were doing a podcast. So, <laughs> hey, that's just really forward thinking. Honestly, oh, that's exactly. what that is. That's that's very smart. The big brain, not a single crease in it. Wait, it's the way around. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, too many chair shots directly to my scone. That's what that is. So, but yeah, uh, it's been a pretty great week. I, I've really enjoyed it. And it, as far as the wrestling goes too, honestly, there've been, been a fairly large amount of differences that have happened from our previous conversation here. I've, I've been keeping pretty good track of most things and especially the wwe this week it's just been there's been so much there's been so many notes and one thing obviously so far that it appears as a follow-up from last week is it does appear that billy gunn is done so oh it does okay i haven't seen any update on that one what what do we know look honestly from everything that i've seen all the chatter on the internet the whole deal it does appear that that was it because there was no mention of it on any AEW programming since it happened yeah yeah so there's been a couple of posts there was one with him and jerry lynn just laying down together on the ground and so if that's the end hey awesome and you know yeah i kind of wish though kind of wish it didn't happen on a random episode of dynamite yeah, yeah. I mean, there's that too, but I guess not everyone gets the swan song, right? That's the other the other part of it too. So as much as I think he deserves it personally, it's not totally. how it always works. And it's not how plans always go either. So Hey, we don't we don't know what's happening backstage in his life and I'm going to assume that there's potentially more to it as to why he's made the decision that now is the time. And look, if that is the case, it'll all come out eventually. Yeah, no, absolutely. I well, I'm just really happy for him. If this is the end, like I said before, oh, I'm just really happy. He's gone. He's gone out on his own terms. He's had an amazing career. He's managed to have a renaissance and finish on a high as well. I mean, look, he's had some dubious moments in his career, which would have sucked if that was the end back then. But I'm super stoked he's come and redeemed himself of any of those issues. He's come back and had an amazing run in AEW. I would argue one of the highlights of his career has been his run in AEW, especially the last year. 
Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, all of the scissoring aside, like, I think that for a man of his age to look as good as he does, it's just Dude. phenomenal. Like, Dude, oh, my I'm, God, yeah. I wish I looked like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm so much younger and I no. wish that I had that physique. So it's just, <laughs> yeah, full credit to him, absolutely. Like, I, I've got nothing but respect for the guy. So, and, you know, it's kind of... We're getting close to the last hangouts from the Attitude Era. You know, everyone's totally. starting to fall away now, so... Well, we were saying last week that he's the last of DX. And, yeah, that's a massive part of the Attitude Era right there, DX. Yeah. So 100%. Yeah. I mean, like, I know we haven't got this written down yet. It's not really part of the thing, but it's kind of, you know, we're vibing, we're talking. Yeah. But I have to say that the rumours have been circulating about a certain Mr. The Rock Johnson showing up. Potentially, and it all makes sense as well because he currently can't work as an actor. Mm -hmm. So dude's, dude's got, he's got time at the moment and it doesn't look like the actors' union are going to come to an agreement anytime soon. So he's potentially, he's got time to have a wee run on WWE. And look, if it's just with Grayson Waller, like that's massive, obviously, for Grayson massive Waller. Massive for like, Grayson. Huge. But yeah. if it's just that and he's gone again, awesome. If he comes down to do some more work, you know, the, all the Roman dream booking that everyone does all the time, I'm up for that too. Oh, and look, it would work. Like if he turned up on Sunday. Yeah. Not going to be mad. No, no, not at all. Not at all. And, you know, I can also see Roman cutting a promo like, what's going on? Who's where you at? Like, you know, you didn't even call to say that you were going to be there. You just showed up and yeah. beat up Grayson Waller. Like, what's that about? You know what I mean? I thought we were good. You came and beat up Grayson and didn't turn up for my match? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's, story, that? what's right? with that? Like, I needed you there because Jay was giving me the business and you could have been there, you know. I'm your tribal chief, you know, that whole thing. Because yeah. let's face it, I don't think Jay's taken the belt. Like, no. He's, he's, look, I think he is the guy to do this angle at the moment, but he's not the guy. No, no. Right? I'm still firmly in the camp that the guy is Cody. Oh, I, I'm with you on that one. I don't know if that's where it's going to end up because, as we said last week, we're going to let them cook. But, yeah, in my opinion, Cody's the guy. I mean, it's either going to be Cody, or for me, it could possibly be, you know, yeah, like, I, I wouldn't Dude, be mad. if they did a swerve <laughs> on us, if they did a LA night, a dream Whose run. Whose game and, is it? <laughs> dude, if, I, I would not be angry at all. Man, the, it has been crazy. Like, I'm again, this is totally off topic for what we're doing, but this happened last week as well. We couldn't stop talking about the guy because, like, the amount of energy he's bringing every mm. single time he comes out now every show it's louder yeah. every yeah. single time he comes to the ring you know he doesn't even have to say it anymore like he, he doesn't have to say la night he doesn't have to do any of that no he no no when, when you've got to the point where you can just one duh duh pointing and the crowd's doing it for you you are over yeah and look obviously they have to know like this is on our list, so I'll bring this up because I'm not sure if you've seen this statistic yet. But I have. Uh, if you have, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Like we were talking last week about the merch sales, and I did a little bit of investigative journalism because you know we're podcast, yeah. and I, I've had a look into it. And of the top five merch sellers in the WWE right now, yep. number one is Cody Rhodes for the Claim Your Kingdom shirt, which Makes is actually sense. a 
baller, baller shirt. Oh, uh, but look, the dude, the dude spent the last three years running a t-shirt company. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> like, like the design is perfect. Like, and it's a, it's a shirt you could wear out and not worry about, you know, a wrestling shirt. Yeah, like, and that's what you want from a shirt. But speaking of wrestling shirts, because LA Knight is number two. Yep. Number three, number four, and number five all for different variations of his shirts. Yep. And for me, that is just wild to think about because that knocks Roman out of the spot. That knocks everybody else out of the top five. And it's just Cody and LA Knight now. So, And look, the shirts, kind of shit. Like, okay, so we, we had this discussion last week. It was the year shirts, I don't like the year shirts. They're not me, but the black LA Knight logo shirt, I do like that. That there, I love a, I love a black T-shirt with a big, huge, oversized white logo. Yeah, the Austin 316. Yep. Yeah, and look, perfect. It, it is legitimately perfect. And even the Yeah stuff, like I noticed that last week, maybe it was the week before by this point, because, you know, weeks and weeks and they all run away from us. But yeah. I noticed that a couple of weeks ago, Slash last week, they were handing out the bright yellow and black yeah signs for yep. the crowd as well. So, so they're feeding, they're feeding some of this, which does give you hope, right? Yeah, I mean, like obviously, then we had uh, Mysterio win and LA Knight lose his spot, but now he's back in a Slim Jim Battle Royale. I can't wait for that. That's going to be so cool. <sighs> well, this is the thing, right? Is his last two big matches at pay-per-views have been sponsored matches, which is, this is, I've got two thought trains of thought here. One train of thought is, I think it sucks for him that they're gimmicky uh, sponsored matches, but this contradicts my second thought is he's so over and trusted by the company that they're going, we're going to give you a big money match because let's be honest, these sponsored matches are huge money for WWE. They know that they can give it to him and he's going to do a good job. Even like last time you could argue the ending of the sponsored match with the uh, lights out match was a bit <sighs> shit. The f- yeah. The fiend match. Uh, the fucking but- fire. But but Ugh. the actual match was a dope match, and LA Knight did everything that he could, right? I think it was just overcooked on Bray's side. I got to a point last week where I was, like, trying to do work for this, you know, trying yep. to do a little bit of re- watching and reading and stuff. And I went to YouTube, and I just started watching LA Knight stuff. Like, I stopped completely doing what I was yeah. doing and started doing that instead. And the pop, in the internal pop, and then the external pop, when I remembered that he came out to the Firefly music and he came out with like the tiny little lantern and, and, yep. and like he, he did mocap right I'm pretty sure for a while there LA Knight did a lot of the mocap for the, the games LA Knight did mocap for almost every character in 2k22 I want to say yeah it shows because yeah. he was flawless with the way he moved as Bray Wyatt like oh, look, it was so good <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, look, people are using a small segment of obsessive fans are using it as a negative with his uh, being able to imitate and things like this. But I totally 100% think it's a positive. And look, if he's making an extra bank out of it by uh, imitating people to make a video game and then able to also transfer that skill over to a thing like that, which he did with Bray, money. 
Now it's great. Like I, I've got nothing but good things to say about him whatsoever. I did hear a rumor this week that he's got a kind of a shit attitude backstage, and that has, like, you know, I, I got to keep that in mind. Is that people will just talk shit about someone when they're successful Absolutely. as well, like when they're getting on the right path. So he, he that's not he's true. admitted that's why he lost his job the first time. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I hope that that is just like a, a particle, you know, a, a remnant of that and not yeah. the actual reality of the situation now. So, But, yeah, I have been nothing but on all, all aboard the hype train for LA Knight oh. and I would like him to win the US title like, now, please. Thank you. 100%. Like I said last week, as I tweeted about it two or three months ago that LA Knight is a star and should be treated as such and people were telling me that I was wrong. And now, I'd like I'm cashing that in now. I was right. <laughs> and now you, yeah, you, yeah, you're just sitting there like, whose game is it? With everybody's saying, like, because it really is. Let me talk yeah, to you. <laughs> we're really getting to that point now where he's either going to just completely explode and become the biggest thing in wrestling by far, yeah. or they're going to fumble the ball, and we're going to be sitting here in six months' time saying, if you what the want something. Thing interesting to watch stevie richards has a series on youtube where he breaks down people's finishes and things like that and he recently did one on la night but he actually goes on to talk a wee bit about la night and his opinions on la night and yeah okay yeah and essentially he he goes into a bit of a he goes look a bit of inside baseball i know how things are done backstage he goes and he worries that that's exactly what's going to happen is they are going to fumble him because while we see him as a star and the viewers see him as a star, the decision makers behind the scenes potentially could be like, yeah, he's not ready yet and they'll miss the ball. So hopefully that, hopefully he's wrong. Hopefully that doesn't happen. You keep yeah. saying he's not ready yet and eventually he just won't be able to do well, it he, anymore. Because that's the thing. He's old. an old dude. He's already an old dude, right? So, like, if you keep telling us that, you know, oh, just wait a bit longer, just wait a bit longer, just wait a bit longer, sooner or later, we're not going to have any more time to do this. Like, yeah. this is the time. We're getting really close to it being the time and the only time that we can do it. So, oh, yeah, I, again, I hope for everybody's sake that we see something start to happen as it relates to LA night. But we've had a, a whole bunch. I know I'm kind of doing your job right now with the... With <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll move on to the uh, the rest of WWE this week then. Kevin Owens and yeah. Liv Morgan actually legit injured. And there's another name that we can actually add to that, which is Rey Mysterio as well. Yeah, I saw the Rey one. I was watching the SmackDown show and I saw the Rey one because I actually fast-forwarded to the point because I was reading it on Twitter as well. Yeah. And I was like, wait, Rey's injured? Nah, i got to see it. And I saw it and I'm like, okay, like... I don't know if this is real because he takes a pretty pedestrian bump, but you have to remember he's not young either. So I was just about to say that. And the other thing as well is he's such a seasoned vet that he knows how to take a bump even when it's a bad one. Like he, he, he knows how to hide something. Like I would assume that there was instantly like, fuck, that's bad. I'm going to try and keep going. Fuck, I can't yeah. keep going. Yeah, because well, like the way that he takes it, because it's like a suicide dive, and when he when he lands, there's like a little bit of a. Like He's that. been doing this shit for years, right? So. And it was just the snapback of his head. That's the only thing I could see that was like, okay, maybe, but 
yeah, it, it, it just looked like a regular bump off of a suicide dive. He just took it and just fell over and that was it. But, yeah, if he's hurt, you know, obviously really legitimately sincere well wishes to Ray because you hate to see that. And look, you can't, you can't really see it here, but I'm a fan. I've got, I've got a couple of Ray's masks up the back there. Started in WCW, but quick little story. I fell in love with the guy even more because he went out of his way when my son was about eight years old to come up and talk to him at ringside. And my son, who is now 21, still to this day, talks about how that's like a key memory for him and he still loves Rey Mysterio. He doesn't watch wrestling at all. But he'll ring me up and he goes, what have you been up to today, Dad? Oh, what's Raw? Oh, what's Rey Mysterio doing now? Like he's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. nice. Like... Yeah. So, yeah, biggest well wishes, obviously, to Ray. Obviously, and as well, with the Kevin Owens and Liv Morgan thing, yeah. they were both independently injured, but they've been written off of TV. But the interesting part of this is both of those, both Kevin and Liv, both written off by Judgment Day. And on this week's show, Judgment Day were just on a roll. Like, it was their show. This episode of Raw was Judgment Day's show. They were on a tear, absolutely. Yeah, and it, like, yeah, it's good. It's really good because it sets up a lot, but it really does reinforce my thought that maybe it's Finn's time at SummerSlam. Oh, I think it might be. Maybe it's time because if they've got that what? belt as well, I'm totally. in for it. And I tell you what, I do love is the subtleties that in the way that um, Priest is playing his part as well. So, like, this week, the subtleties with the, when they took out Seth. And there was just a slight moment where he stood over top of him holding the briefcase. And Finn sort of was like, yo, yo, let's go. It was like, just a, <laughs> just a subtle, it was super subtle. I loved it, loved it, brilliant. Look, I saw a meme about that, actually. And it was the picture of them looking at the case together. And it was like Finn looks like the kid at school who always wants to take your lunch because you got really good stuff in the bag, yeah. and that, that's 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 exactly what it looks like because he's looking down at it like, yeah, man, come on, you got the extra sandwich. I want the sandwich. Like, yeah. give me the sandwich. You got Nutella. Yeah, yeah. Where's my Nutella? I ain't got any Nutella. I got peanut yeah. butter. This is bullshit. An <laughs> uh. interesting question which comes up at the moment is the what happens with the tag team titles at the moment? Are we going to see them? being held up at uh, the pay-per-view or is this going to be one that Sammy's just going to have to sit out? See, I don't know. I'm of, I'm of two minds of it because for me, I think that they've been on a really, really, really good role as a team. Oh, I'll tell you another thing I love about uh, them at the moment, especially Kevin Owens, is the way he's presenting himself as if he doesn't give a fuck about the way the show's supposed to go. Uh, just having his fun. He's having fun, and he's taking the piss out of people like we'd take the piss out of uh, watching him. And he almost looks like he's trying to derail the show a wee bit. It's coming across brilliant. Yeah, I, I really love his work just in general. Ever since Kevin Steen, like I've been a massive, massive fan. I'm a huge mark for Kevin Owens. Yeah. And I just wish they'd let him use the fucking package pole driver because it's the coolest looking move in wrestling and no yeah. one's allowed to do it on WWE. But yeah, I, I do think that, I think you can get away with it. I think that there is a place for Sammy to defend the titles solo. 
Yep. I think that there's a little bit of a good story in that, you know, makes make it make it really apparent that, that Owens is hurt and then have Owens be like, nah nah, fuck that. You can still go defend the belts. You know, yeah. like we we're still doing this. This isn't this isn't over. Like yeah. because otherwise you talk about, well, do they relinquish the belts? You know, is there do they just lose in some bullshit schmoz match or or what do they do from here? And I don't want to see any of that because the run was so important at the mm. time. Like, obviously, with the Bloodline stuff and the Usos and everything they got to get there was so so massive that mm. I feel like if you just took it away from them now, you know, it, it, to, to have them both go down pretty much at the same time, it sucks. Yeah, so, well, this time last year, AEW had their big run of injuries. And it looks like the curse has transferred over. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to see that. I tell you right now, I hope that's not the case. I, I really, really do because I, I, it's almost to the point now where WWE does feel like it does very little wrong. And I'm really enjoying what they do. And I find myself tuning in quite frequently. And we spoke about this last week too, is there was a long period of time there where neither of us watched them at all. No. And now it's it's interesting. Now I actually want to see what happens on a week-to-week basis. And I, 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 I haven't missed a pay-per-view f- since since SummerSlam last year. That was when my, 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 my Brave returned, right? Yeah. And I haven't missed a pay-per-view since. And that was such a cool moment too. I was so excited, so stoked for Bray. I I love Bray. I love all of the things about Bray. I'm a little bit sad to hear that, you know, there are gimmicks that he just refuses to do. And, you know, obviously the cult leader gimmick was awesome, but he won't do that because of Harper, you know, because of the whole thing. Yeah. He's like, that's my brother, man. And he, you know, because for him it's not... Like it's Luke Harper. That's the that's the whole thing. It's not Brody Lee, like yeah. necessarily, but that character is so tied to the the cult leader gimmick that you know he couldn't do it without him. And which uh, I think it's a real shame. I think look, this is as a fan. I think his best work was the cult leader. I think there's a way of bringing that back and honoring Brody. To the point where WWE actually own a copyright for, is it Uncle Harper or Uncle... Yeah, it's Uncle Harper, yeah. Yeah, so I think that they might have had an intention there to honour him in some way. Yeah, I feel like one of the masks was him. I think... Originally, yeah. Yeah, I think it might be a bit on the nose doing Uncle Harper, to be fair, but... I think you could totally honor him and talk about your, the fallen and I, I don't know i don't know how you do it but interesting we're bringing in bray now because we talked about him earlier but wwe insinuating currently that bray could be returning mm, i've been seeing it all over twitter lately. I, it's like who should he fight when he comes back you know i i saw a tiktok earlier today which was someone noticed that there's skulls in the background of a lot of the backstage segments at the moment like just a skull sitting in the background just randomly there it's not yeah. creepy at all that's normal don't you have yeah. skulls in the back of your house <laughs> uh actually actually um <laughs> but but yeah i don't know how you'd tie a skull in because it's skulls have never really been a part of his gimmick i do think this is so you just went on about how much you love bray white and i love bray up until this latest run i think the guy's a creative genius but the problem with creative geniuses is creative geniuses need someone to be a filter 
they need somebody to say no because if you let a creative go too far they will go too far and i feel like this last run was too convoluted too creative and i feel like it got away for the casual viewer you've got to be a pretty obsessive fan to be wanting to wait for something to get interesting and i think as fans even us fans that are obsessive fans got bored of waiting for it to get interesting the build-up to his return the build-up to his return perfect loved it i'm a guy that works in marketing i live and breathe marketing is my day job and i love a good arg which is exactly what that build-up was i think the execution of his return at SummerSlam last year was chef's kiss like the fact that we were all waiting for it waiting for it waiting for it cole does the end of the pay-per-view the copyright comes up on the screen and we're like oh that's it he's not coming back yeah and then he came back like yeah it was perfect perfect Perfect. but the run afterwards uh, i just it wasn't wasn't it i thought it was going to go down a route of bray wyatt has always been battling bray wyatt which is why they were sort of insinuating all these other versions and iterations of himself. His biggest enemy is him. It ended up being so boring and convoluted that his biggest enemy ended up being him. He was right. <laughs> it sucks because like I, I'm under the impression that when he re-signed, they gave him full creative control. And that in itself is, as you've said, is, is a massive worry. And... Yeah, I loved it because I, I, when I was wrestling, I was doing a character that was based around the anonymous movement. So I would come out with a Guy Fawkes mask, I would jump the guardrails, I'd spear people, yep. and I'd leave again. And there would be shows where you would have people wrestling in the ring or cutting a promo, and then we'd get that and like the whole screen would go all the yep. venue lights would go down and i'd be sitting there holding like a list like a demands and i'd have like a voice modulator on and do the whole the whole anonymous movement thing and yep. so i was really invested in it because it really it, it's in my wheelhouse of you know conspiracy theories and and all of the stuff that i really used and utilized within my gimmick in epw particularly and yeah for me seeing that come to life in 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 the wwe was awesome and then when he came back and it looked like it was just going to be that except on steroids uh, i was really 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 in for it and then it kept going and nothing happened and then it kept going and nothing happened and then nothing happened i think the lights out match with bray was a mistake it felt shoehorned into what he was doing I never had a single thought that LA Knight was going to win that match. No. There was just nothing in my brain that said, oh, yeah, maybe, because it was like, oh, this match is just his. Like, everything about it is just for him, and he's going to win, and that will be the end of the conversation. And it was what happened, except with horrible pyro. And, yeah, it was unfortunate because, like I said, like I I was really invested in it. I, I even liked what it looked like when he came out with, like, all of the the fluoro lighting on the face and everything like that. You couldn't do it all the time, but that was a cool visual. I would have liked for him to, like, pull the lights up after the match and have him, like, you know, like, like do it himself, like Undertaker style. Mm. And, you know, then, okay, that's what it looks like and now, then kind of fall into that, so. That's an interesting segue to a point that I heard earlier this week. Undertaker is apparently go- going to be in Detroit for SummerSlam. Apparently he is not doing a 
one dead man show so there's a potential there's rumors and speculation absolutely zero leads or evidence on this and look when we're, we're not a scoop podcast uh anyway but look there's i think it would be cool to give take or something to do with um bray it'd be amazing you could tie it into tie it into the um uh little gimmick that they did on the show a few months ago like you completely ignored what I said to you, boy. Like you know, and then all of a sudden you've got a thing already. Even if it doesn't lead to Undertaker wrestling a match. Oh, I don't. I do not want Undertaker to wrestle a match. Right? No, don't want it. But him being involved as a character, and I think it would have to be a version of himself because he's already lifted the veil too far to put it back now. Um, well, he refuses to bring that back because of he's lifted the veil, so... Correct. But you could still have a character that's based on Mark Calloway who has a, still has a bit of dead man in him, right? There's a story there, potentially. Uh, I could see a mentor role. Mm. I can see him saying, well, you strayed too far into the dark and yeah. you got lost and... I'm here to bring you back Absolutely. and have him come out, have him, you know, wear the gear. You know, he doesn't have to wear the jacket or the hat or anything like that, but have him come out looking yeah. like ministry, like Bray Wyatt, you know, give him that, like, give him that real overbearing evil about yeah. him and just say, look, this is what oh, you that, need to do. And look, it would actually be quite uh, unnerving having an evil Mark Calloway. Look, fuck it. I said it. Bring back the ministry of darkness. Do it. Make Bray Wyatt. <laughs> put him in it. Give me the ministry. I want the ministry back. Yeah. Uh, the music and the eyes with the thing. And, yeah, give yep. it. Put people on crosses. All the whole deal. I'm, I'm yep. in for it. Oh, and that look, will tie into the skulls. Totally. And I would prefer that to him coming out to Kid Rock. Look, you know what? I fucking I liked it, all right? I liked it. <laughs> the, I, 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 I liked the, are you scared? He's here bit. Yeah. I thought that was sick when that happened. And then the, the I'm an American badass bit come in and I'm like, ugh. Kid Rock's back. Yeah. Ugh. But it was one of those those themes that it like it won me over. And then when it was replaced with Roland, I was fucking upset. So I was a Limp Biscuit fan, so I loved Roland. I was like, this makes sense to me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we get it. You ride a motorbike. And that's yeah. that's your personality now. That that certainly came through and I liked it still, but yeah. there was something about that original edit, even though they had to cut like four four quarters of the fucking song out of the song to get it to be playable on WWE. Yeah. Because you could pretty much use none of it because he talks about a lot of horrible shit in that song, particularly. Because I actually bought the album after hearing Undertaker use the theme. What, and I the listened kid, to the, the song. Kid rock, like, what the, the fuck kid rock is album this? or the WWE yeah, album? The, no, the history of rock, the Kid Rock okay. album that was that song was on, and I was like, "The fuck is this? This is completely different." They've changed almost every lyric, and the audio producers, the sound techs, everyone who worked on the music for it, to sit there and go, "What do I do with this garbage? Like, how yeah. do I turn this into something I can use on a PG wrestling show?" Yeah, because Vince Vince likes Kid Rock, so we need to use it. I think the only other note we've got here for WWE this week is WWE are bringing back No Mercy for NXT, and it's just another way that NXT is the recycling ground for pay-per-view names of old. <laughs> it really is. And you know what? I'm not mad. I, I'm I not mad either. Because I like it. I love the NXT in your houses. 
I was super mad when in the 2000s they got rid of most of the sorry the PLE names when they yeah. when they changed everything and they took us down to only a few of them and they started bringing in shit like great balls of fucking fire oh that they that pay-per-view name made me angry the day they announced it. I was just like, what does that have to do with anything? It made me visibly unwell. Was it in Nashville or somewhere? I was in Great Balls. I couldn't. No. It's like, it's, yeah, it made me sick. And, yeah, like, you know, I love my backlash and I love my No Mercy and my insurrection and, and all of yep. that stuff. And, yeah, I, I am kind of glad to see NXT bringing it back. So Oh, look, and NXT's also reused some really dope WCW pay-per-view names as yeah. well. Yeah. So. I was a WCW kid, so. Yeah, I was too for a very long time because we didn't get anything else here. Like, we had the fucking superstars. Like, yeah. that was like the the WWF superstars, and it was like a 45-minute show where they just took all the best promos from the week and about four and a half minutes of matches, and that was all we got for WWE. But then we got Nitro. We got the full Nitro every week. Yeah. Yeah, was it free to air here? Nitro? Yeah, for us it was free to air. Nitro. Yeah, it was, it was same in New Zealand. It was free to air, and I think honestly that's why in New Zealand WCW was a bigger brand than WWE for a long time. It was purely because it was free to air in every region of the country. Whereas WWE Raw, we didn't get SmackDown at all. I don't think for a long time, but Raw was on a Friday night, the same night as Nitro. But it was only available on Channel 4, which was only available in some regions of the country. Yeah, okay. So for yeah. us, it was all on Fox or Fox 8. So we got Raw and SmackDown, but we had to pay for Foxtel. Yeah, whatever. well, Metro and Raw and SmackDown and all that was on pay TV, which was... I think it aired the same day it aired in the States, whereas yes, Nitro yeah. and Raw on free-to-air was a couple of weeks delayed, I believe. Yeah, okay. but we didn't we didn't have access to the dirt sheets and shit back then, so so it didn't matter either. Okay, AEW, we're gonna move right along. This is we're gonna end up with Let's another go. long show. AEW this week, Osprey versus Jericho has been discussed for All In, but not on TV because we are four weeks. I've got a list here, four weeks out from All In, and I've got a list here of all of the matches that are on the card currently. Oh, yeah, actually, if you could give me those, that'd be really, really useful. Wait a sec. If you have a look, that's the list. It's nothing. There is nothing on it. <laughs> ah, we have 77,000 tickets. Yeah, it's like they reckon it's going to hit potentially 90 by the time the show happens. Amazing. <laughs> the show's going to be bonkers. But they haven't got a single match. I have no Has idea. Has it ever been done before? With no match? Yeah, I don't ever. think so. I don't think so. Ah. 100,000 people in a building and not a single match has even been promoted. And the other thing is there is nowhere you can buy the match to view yet. So log into Fight. It's not on Fight in the States. It hasn't been announced where you can watch it on pay-per-view on Terrestrial or on any of the services. Nobody knows how to watch this show. What are they doing? I mean, it's genius because we're talking about it, but... Yeah, man, I can't even fathom that. I imagine because, you know, it's part of my wrestling. We ran a couple of shows and I've been involved in the creative process. I've been involved in the uh, the advertising process of it. Yeah. I used to do a lot of poster work for wrestling. And, man, I cannot fathom for the fucking life of me to just say, hey, we've got a wrestling show. The end. I mean, look, it, it tells, tells you how hungry the UK market is for AEW. But, look, 
we need to get to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. it's we've had a, it's time. Come on, yeah. please. Can we just announce I, a match? I imagine this week we're going to start getting something. They they did start insinuating some stuff on Collision this week, uh, but nothing was confirmed. But uh, as the rumors are saying at the moment, Osprey versus Jericho is this the right match for Osprey? How do you feel about this? Because for me, we love Jericho. We are we, Jericho. we are Jericho people here. We love we love Jericho here. And man, I think he can pull a match out of just about anybody. He could wrestle a broom. So this is the but this is the thing. I don't think the question is can Jericho pull a match out of Osprey. It's can Jericho uh, can Osprey pull enough out of Jericho. Yep, that's where I was going with it too because it's not a matter of whether or not Jericho can do it, if whether he can have a good match with Osprey. The question is is that with everything that Osprey is, with everything that Osprey can do in the ring, can Jericho do that too? And look, I would love to be proven wrong. I'd love for Jericho to have a five-star at this stage in his career. He can do it. He can do all the things that he needs to do, hmm. but can he do them at the level that he would need to do them to give Osprey that platform. Because this yeah. is the point. This is the moment for Osprey. This is the moment where Osprey comes to the Americas and really says, hey, what the fuck are we doing? Like, yeah, because, I mean, uh, up until this point, we've had, a, we've seen some great stuff out of Osprey on with Forbidden Door and whatnot. But all we've really seen is him work, guys, he's worked in the past. Mm-hmm. So seeing him versus Jericho's Jericho gives legitimacy to Osprey because uh, to the Western market. Not to say that Osprey doesn't already have legitimacy within the wrestling community and hardcore fans of wrestling that watch uh, New Japan, uh, but to casual viewers and let's be honest, we've got ninety thousand people in that arena. I would argue that ten to twenty percent of those are hardcore fans. Right, the rest of them are going to be a casual fan who have watched WWE for the last 20, 30 years. They've started watching AEW uh, in the last few years. They've seen Osprey on their television two or three times over the last two years. So Jericho is the selling point for these fans. Yes. And a quick cursory look here tells me that Jericho's had one. One five-star match. Mm-hmm. And that was Wrestle Kingdom 12. Now, when was Grain Wrestle Kingdom here. 12? I don't know. What do you think? I'm a calculator? I don't know. <laughs> math. Wrestle Kingdom 12 was a while ago. I, I, can, I can't stall for very long with this. Okay. It was 2018. Okay. And so, so that was, was Omega. Yeah, I was going to say it was Omega. And so, but that was great. That was an awesome match. Like, yep. Really, really good match. I watched it live with mates, and uh, yeah, it, it was superb. So I potentially think that he can do it. I potentially think that he can do it. My caveat when it comes to this fucking five star rating system is that the greatest wrestler, practically in my opinion, close enough to to ever live, never got one. And who would that be? Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle never had a five star. No. That's interesting, because he has had some bangers. Never once has he been awarded Meltzer's five-star rating. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I take that with a grain of salt because in my mind, Angle, like, he's got to be right up there with the best to ever do it. And, yep. and Kurt Angle in his prime during his Impact run, during his WWE run, fucking hell. Like, yep. the dude was just unstoppable. And, yeah, so when it comes to five-star ratings, it's a grain of salt. I think Jericho can out-entertain most people in the world, even now. I think yep. he's got that 100%. quality. He, his character work is amazing. But the bullshit overwork, that whole deal, it's a very different style. Like, a very different style to what Jericho does best. Yeah. And whilst I think he can do it, I don't know if he needs to do it either. I don't think I think he does if he wants to make that's Osprey a good point. What, he, what, what, what the, the internet wants Osprey to be. But I think Jericho may just surprise everybody by making Osprey go to Jericho's level instead. Yeah, because yep. with that, and look, Osprey's been ma- making motions lately about the fact that he wants to, well, he's going to have to start switching up his style anyway because of the way he's been working for the last ten years has basically fucked him. Right, so this could be the moment that he does start reworking his tool set. And look, perfect time against Jericho, like in front of ninety thousand people. Yeah, because honestly, you could probably throw a ball in the ring for 20 minutes and you'd get monster pops the whole time. So, oh, absolutely. Like, it's going to be ridiculous in there. Yeah. Going from talking about two of the best to ever do it and potentially having an amazing uh, moment at uh, All In to uh, probably one of the biggest lows in AEW in a long time, uh, and that is the women's match that happened this week off the back of talk online for a long time that the women's division has been very poorly booked uh, for a long time as well. That match, you sent me a comment today saying that I had to had to watch it because I did miss it on Wednesday this week or Thursday. I missed it, went back and rewatched it this week, today, sorry, and I think the comment I said to you was that was a bad day at the office. Yeah, and fuck, there's so many things to talk about here. When it comes to that match, which I'm going to leave it for a minute because it was bad. Like, it was bad. It was just bad. I've seen matches like that before. I've been in matches like that before. It is embarrassing. It is horrible. So my heart goes out to them because... Oh, because we've we've seen Tyre and Brett have bangers, right? We know that they can pull out bangers. Yeah, absolutely. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, look, I'm fucking sorry. That sucks because some days it's it's fucking horrible and I'm really sorry that it was in front of a massive crowd like that and that it was on national TV and all that stuff. I have no doubt they both went backstage and said to each other, God, that was the drizzling shit. I'm so sorry. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm going to veer and go into a veer Mahal. No, I'm going to, I'm going to go... <laughs> Is he coming? Fuck, I haven't heard that. I don't know, I hope. <laughs> I still haven't really seen much. I'm going to veer away from that a little bit and okay. ask you a question okay. and say, where the fuck is Tony Storm? And why is Tony Storm not on TV every week? Very good question. Very good <laughs> like, question. Like, you know, yeah. Tony, who it, I might say we can both claim as being ours because she was born in New Zealand <laughs> but lived here, she should be on TV absolutely every single week. I mean, it just spins me out. It just blows my mind when you look at Tony and you look at the championship and, and all of that, and it's just, why? Why we is have, this not happening? 
we have two women's belts on AEW, and we can't find room on either of those shows to put either of those belts. Statlander should be on TV every week as well. Like I think Statlander's amazing. We finally gave her that moment. She beat the long-standing champ, who, by the way, apparently may not be coming back. I uh, did see that too. So she should be on the show as well. Yep. Yeah, 100%. I don't know what the fuck they're doing in the women's division at all. It makes me sad. It makes me sad because I know that they've got potential to be the, the best shit on the show. That women's roster is amazing. Like, they have done a really good job of curating the best from the indies, from Ring of Honor, XWWE, and their own stars. Right? I, I look at it and I look at the roster. I'm looking at it right now. And the names on that roster are just ridiculous. And again, mm. not to just, you know, blow over the match uh, that happened this week and say, well, just use those people instead, because it's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that, like, the match was not great, but I've seen and I've been in matches like that and I sympathize and mm. I hope that it didn't come down too hard on them, like later, like backstage, and then it didn't. Because it can be really fucking demoralizing. You get to a point where you think you know what you're doing. Like, I yep. was watching, it's a small plug here for Riot City Wrestling. I was watching the AW Vault because they've made all of their content free and they put on oh, YouTube. Cool. And like, you can look at it anytime you want. And I found a bunch of my old matches on there and I watched some of them and I was like, okay, you can see that I was green. You can see that I want to take my shirt off, uh, even though I had wrestling tights. And you can see yep. that my punches were shit and all that kind of stuff. And I know why I'd stopped with wrestling there because I just wasn't at good at that point. And, yep. but at the same time, I, I look at some of those matches and I'm like, fuck yeah, this is actually sick. Like I'm, I'm really proud of that too. So yep. when it comes to matches and wrestling, like you have hundreds of matches a year. And if you can't, you can't sit there and tell me that every single one's a banger. Like yeah. the best wrestlers in the country, the best wrestlers in the world will have shit matches. I, I, I will tell you my biggest problem with this match this week. It's not how shit the match was. My biggest problem is why did we even have this match considering there is no storyline need for it to be happening at the moment, especially when, as you said earlier, we've got two champs that should be telling stories with their championship titles. And the, and the other one is why are we not building up a match with Soraya for All In at the moment? Like that's money at the moment is going to be having Soraya in London. Yes, yeah, even in a losing battle, like... Doesn't matter. Man, put somebody in a match with Soraya. Have a squash match if you have to. Just yep. w while you're there and it's hometown vibes, man, you just you have to do it. Yeah. I remember when the rumour was coming up about Drew not re-signing and everyone was like, well, he's going to show up in London. And, man, that's a fucking no-brainer. Yep. Absolutely. And they would have done that. So yep. why aren't they doing it for Soraya? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100% agree. 100% agree. Pisses me off I'm so just, much. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm just getting angry now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think the end of the day, what, I, what we're saying is chalk up the bad match to a bad day at the office, but our biggest problem is what the fuck are you doing, Tony? When it comes to the women's wrestling, man, yeah, that is that is my big concern, is is that they've always spoken about, like, everyone's got equal footing and we, we work with inclusivity when it comes to everybody. And the roster shows, you know, that that's why there are 40,000 fucking wrestlers on their roster because, like, he collects them like Pokemon. Like, yeah. like you know, like, you know, he knows talent. He knows the good people. He knows the good wrestlers and he wants them. 
and he doesn't do fuck with them. Yeah. And that's what Collision's supposed to be, so why not make Collision about this? Well, this is actually an interesting point, because this is another thing where I have conflicting opinions on AEW. As one is you've got an amazing roster and you can't find room for them all. But one of the reasons why I love Collision is because Collision isn't two hours trying to squeeze as many people on the show as possible. Yeah. So it's like a like one opinion doesn't work well with the other opinion because I think Collision is so well paced as a show and it's because they're giving room and time for things to happen and that's because they don't have a million stars on that show. They've got, got a good roster of great stars and they bring in people from Dynamite that they sort of need and that's about it. It's not an overly convoluted show. There's, I think there's a lot to be said for having a smaller roster of great people. But look, I also love the fact that there's a lot of people that are getting a paycheck too. At the end of the day, that's that's got to be a principal concern for wrestlers as well. Like for yeah. me, I want to see my friends getting paid to do the thing. So if they're doing that, awesome. You know, at the same time, I've been in a situation on an indie scale where I had the most creative fucking idea of the roster and I was kept off shows. And it yeah. was because there wasn't a spot for me at that time. But I'm like, that's when I made my spot by presenting quality that they couldn't say no to. You can only do that so far, though. You know, you can only push that to a certain point before people just don't listen. And yeah. like my concern with the whole situation is, is that now... It doesn't feel like they're listening, and I'm I'm worried about that. So, absolutely. You know, at, the, at the end of the day, it's like we can say what we say. We're, we're armchair booking here. We're running a podcast about wrestling, and we're talking about it. But this isn't the kind of talk that we should be doing. We should be talking about how, like Tony's uplifting these people. And yeah. you know, remember everyone, they still do it now. AEW is like fuck WWE, like they don't care about their wrestlers. Look at all these great talent we've got here. And I'm like, yeah, cool, but what the fuck are you doing with them? Yeah. So while we're talking about uh, collision, by the way, we've got a name for the uh, people on each roster now. It was loosely mentioned that apparently people that are on the Dynamite roster are now called Kaboomers. Okay. And uh, Collision are Colliders. Oh, Wait, where's this come from? <laughs> so this actually came from MJF on today's collision. Okay, okay, okay good. So I, I don't know how serious it is, if it's just MJF having a doing an MJF. But on this week's show, I love this week's um, collision. I think it's the best show out of AEW at the moment. Um, uh, so what we had this week is CM Punk finally pulled out the bat belt and uh, he is now the X.com uh, division champion. Uh, that's the Twitter thing. So he, he's pulled out the belt. He's saying he is still the champ. He was never beaten. Love this, by the way. Yeah. Pulled out the spray paint, crossed a big X on it and said, that's my logo, this is my belt. I was never beaten for it. Heavily insinuating that he's going to have a showdown eventually with MJF. And he's been sort of insinuating that for, since he came back, making references to... But, yeah, what did you think? Did you see this? One thing for me is is that you got to respect the petty because fucking hell, I couldn't help but notice that when he put that X on, the only letter that it covered was the E. <laughs> like, I wonder if that was intentional. over the elite part of All Elite Wrestling. I wonder if that was intentional. 
Oh, I mean, it's, it's where just, the X meets. I was going to say, or if it's just symmetry. <laughs> yeah, look, look, maybe, but at the same time, I would not put it past him whatsoever. Oh, absolutely. So, look, I, I like, I love it. I said this last week as well, is is that I, I really wanted him to open the fucking Santa sack. I really did want him to get that out there so we could get rolling with it. And it's, it's happened. If they... Well, and that's good. And you know what? They address my concerns too because they're diverting away from MJF right now. Yeah. They've got Starks coming up with it. So he's going to build this in a similar sort of sense that I feel like Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns are staying far away from each other. It feels very similar in the sense that yeah. CM Punk will have his feud with Ricky Starks for a little bit yeah. and then MJF will continue his best friendship ever and literally the best segment on any AEW TV with Adam Cole. So, yeah, I, I really do think that it's a good move. It's the right time for it. I did hear something today that apparently it's also in the anniversary of Ric Flair's I'm the Real Champion. Yes, yeah, uh, I did see that too. So, and look, CM Punk's a historian. Whether he fucking hates Ric Flair or not, the dude will make a throwback reference because it's just awesome piece of history. And he has been pretty open about hating Ric Flair. There's that reference. There's a few other references that were sort of made in this that were throwbacks, but uh, the big one being that he's going to be taking on Ricky Starks next week, um, which I don't think Ricky has a shit show on winning, but no. um, uh, it's going to be uh, against uh, Ricky and um, we're going to have Ricky Steamboat as the guest referee. Which yeah, is a which is great. As well. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And I'll get onto that actually in a little bit if I can. I'll save yeah, that tidbit for just a little bit. Uh, it's it's awesome that it, it, it's a Ricky Steamboat there too. There's a massive history there when it comes to punk. Yep. The thing that I, the question I have for you actually is yep. is do you feel that this is a retread of the Cena angle from WWE? So this is what I said last week. I think CM Punk is going back into angles that he wanted to do and run them the way he wanted to run them and so yes i do think it's a throwback to the cena money in the bank angle because i think we can all agree that the storyline what should have been done back then is punk actually going away for a couple of months and then that surprise when he returned should have been bigger. It was definitely brought forward because of his contract situation. But yeah, I think he should have gone away for a long time back then. I think. So do you think they're going to do that now? I think that's what he's going to do now. I think he's going to be, I'm the champ, I'm the champ, I'm the champ. No one beat me. Ricky Starks couldn't beat me. And if MJF wants to actually call himself the champ, he's going to have to take me on. What I find interesting is the conversation around who wins that. Like, do we unify it with MJF or do we unify it with Punk? Because I actually have an angle in mind that I think should be done, which is I think MJF needs to lose the belt before the end of the year. Because I Now, let me tell you my angle here is at the moment the common thought from the fans is he's going to hold the belt until the end of the year and lose it before his contract's up okay but i think there's a more interesting story having mjf lose the title maybe in the next couple of months and there's a more interesting one of mjf trying to get back his title because that's his bargaining chip for negotiating a better contract to stay with aew 
I think a desperate MJF is a more interesting MJF. Yeah, okay. I can, I can actually fuck with that. I, I had a question on then. How about he loses the belt before the end of the Adam Cole saga? That's an interesting one because I love what they're doing with, what are they calling themselves? I'm better than you, baby. Or team, team double clothesline. The double clothesline. For me, I think that adds an element because then what if Adam Cole doesn't care anymore? You know what I mean? Like, like, what if he's just being friends with him and get closer to him and then you take that away from him and MJF's like, come on, bro, we're still good, right? And he's like, well, not really. Like, you know, like, that's a really interesting thread to pull. I could see that happening. And it would dissuade a lot of my issues with the fact that I love the angle and I don't want it to end, but I know it's going to. And it would actually be a really interesting way to turn the whole thing on its head. Yeah, I, I love the fact that they found a way this week of having them lose. I kind of wanted them to win, but they found a way of having FTR lose. I thought the end of that match was shit, by the way. It was just too messy. I think there was a botch in there somewhere because it just didn't have the impact it needed at the for the final pin. That's a to side note. But they told a really good way of having that end and them stay together. And you've almost got heelish face MJF at the moment. And I kind yeah, no, of like I can that. See that. He's still he still hasn't completely turned, and I don't want him to. But the whole brochacho business that they've got going on, I love it. Also, there's an amazing segment on Dynamite this week. I don't know if you picked this one up, but it was just a subtlety. And MJF's brilliant at subtlety as well. as Because they've been telling the whole story of them becoming friends and all that sort of thing. And he thinks Cole's a bit of a nerd because he plays video games. But he started playing video games with him. But there was that segment where Cole's mate and Roderick came in to attack MJF and have an argument and they're having a go at each other and there's one line which MJF called Roderick a what was it a, a default core default creator wrestler that's so and, good but that subtlety of I understand what a default creator wrestler is because I've been watching and I've been playing and I've been learning Correct. yeah that's really really good I love that too yeah I'm just super interested to see where it goes. It is compelling TV. Like when, you know, like last week where Cole gave him the belt and they made up and he went from being happy to no reaction at all and staring yep. a hole right through his fucking back of his head. Like that yep. was that was awesome. And they did like a similar thing this week except yeah. it ended in the big hug that went for very long. But also, I also loved the segment where Cole went and got his belt and just gave it to him. He says, bro, you're still the champ. We lost. But you're still the champ. There was no hesitation there. And I like the fact that last week they did the hesitation. And this week they didn't. Yes. So yeah. it sold the friendship. The way that Cole walked over to him and they just hugged too. like Because he like Absolutely. stormed over there. and But they just hugged. And that was really, really cool. Also, big shout out. Massive shout out to Dax in that match. There's that spot going around at the moment that Dax and MJF had that was just fucking hard hitting awesome shit i love dax man dax, dax is, like is an amazing wrestler i think at the moment if you i don't think anybody would argue that ftr are the best tag team in the world right now no um, it's not even close and, and yeah and i was just about to say exactly that like they're the best in the world and it's not even close yeah no they really are it's just like they go from strength to strength every fucking week and 
they have been good and now they're so much better than good. And I, I, I genuinely love to watch them in the ring. And look, if their star, how, how much has risen in the last couple of years, especially the last 12 months especially, proves that the decision to not sign with WWE and go to AEW was the right one for them to make. Yes, I think that even when there was all of the talk about them jumping back across, I think that it was a very calculated decision to stay away. Yep. And I Oh look, not, in two years in two years' it. time, they're gonna be such big stars that they can go back to WWE, demand a bag of money, and they'll get it. And I hope they do. Like I do. I hope they do. I hope that AEW is still around, obviously, first of Absolutely. all. Outside of that though, I hope that they appreciate the fact that, you know, the boys want to go get the bag and mm. I hope that it ends up being a situation where we see them transition back and get the success that they should have got the first time and not yep. just that but man fuck these they're already hall of fame worthy like like oh, for what they do their contribution like they it's not you give them 10 years and they'll be one of the best tag teams to ever have done it so it's funny you bring up the hall of fame because i had a thought today it was just a fleeting thought i was watching mjf and i was like dude's a hall of famer eventually the dude's going to be a hall of famer and then i actually had this thought what if MJF continued his career without going to WWE? Could he get good enough to retire and still be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame? Well, it's difficult because, like, in all the examples that we've seen of a non-WWE guy make it into the Hall of Fame, it's, like, legacy from WCW or their contributions to wrestling before yeah, it. Correct, correct. But then you get these people like this year we got Muda, right? Yes, he had a history with WCW, but his biggest history has been in Japan, right? Yes, yeah. The problem obviously is is that the WCW thing, they're not competition because they own them. Correct. And there's no need for them to hide any of that. They own all the footage. They own everything about it. It was it was a fleeting thing of like, wouldn't that be a cool ambition to have to be the first person to have never wrestled for them ever, like not even one of their legacy brands, and get inducted because you were that fucking good? Yeah, but look, it's a <laughs> it's a it's a beautiful dream. I just I don't think it will happen. I think that Vince will be long in the fucking ground before that happens. So oh yeah, <laughs> it probably will be long in the ground before MJF even is considered for the Hall of the Fame. But oh, absolutely. Uh, that that being said, I have a prevailing thought that Vince will never die, and I. Well, look, he got apparently he secretly went and got rebuilt this week. Yeah, yeah, I did say a five-hour spine surgery this week. So Jesus. Yeah, yeah, what a psychopath! I bet you he didn't even have any anaesthetic. I bet you he's awake the whole fucking time. Yeah, he was probably like, come on, pal. He, and he would have been he would have been changing notes on the raw script and still doing arm curls at the same time, and while they're working on come it. On. I'll do it myself, pal. What's taking you so long back there? <laughs> yeah, he would have just done it himself in the yeah. end, I think. And I, I fully think that. So, yeah, we love we love Vince. We hate Vince. But uh, you can't <laughs> deny the contribution that Vince has given to wrestling oh. in general and perhaps even Satan. And that's why he will never die because he has a contract <laughs> with Satan and he'll live forever and fuck our bookings up for the, the rest of forever. Yep. Right, we need, to, we need to get back to this note uh, that you wanted to come back to. <laughs> just to bring it all right back. Um, yes. 
one of the things is AEW Collision is going to be running at the same time as SummerSlam. We didn't mention that, but I did want to mention it. That's an interesting one because I love Collision, but I will be watching SummerSlam. Yep, and that's the fucking thing that I have seen all over Twitter. Like anywhere that that's posted, because it's been posted a lot now, yeah. anywhere that's posted, it's like L. Like straight off the bat, look, we love we love AEW. I'm an AEW guy, but I'm going to be yeah. watching SummerSlam. Dude, I'm wearing the hoodie. I'm an AEW guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's it's the biggest show. It, it's a fucking pay-per-view, a PLE. Yep. And it's just, yeah, I don't know what the fuck is with this. I think maybe it could be a case of this is our first stand like it's our first time of running collision and we don't want to change when collisions on ever so even though the pay-per-view is going to be on we're still going to do the show i'm going to be honest i think i genuinely think nobody would have been angry at tony if he'd taken an l on this and run the show earlier this week but you know then that's a weakness thing, isn't it? And he's a businessman, so, yeah. you know, he can't do that. So I, I think the only answer that he had was he has to run the show. And yeah. it does mean, though, that the buy rate, man, like, that's not going to be a good week. And it's not going to be a good week. It's interesting inter Tony about this. And I actually went as far as sending him a DM because I've been told by people he will reply to interesting DMs. And it, the question I had was, why don't they report vod uh viewership so i understand that in america especially with being paid by warner so much the important number to them is the viewership live on tv but be interesting to see i'd love to know what viewership is for fight tv internationally yeah all those sort of things like and i, I and i think vod is going to be where most people are going to watch collision this week well, then that's the thing is with the way that technology is evolving, a lot of content is all on demand, is all VOD stuff. It's yeah. it's all your fight TV. As far as like the way that we consume media, as someone who worked in content creation for a few years, yep. people consume media like this, like this, like this yeah. right here, what we're doing now, you know, yeah. you know on Spotify or on YouTube or Absolutely. wherever it might be because it's accessible, it's free, it's easy to do. Yeah, I I'd really, would really like to see how that plays into the numbers as they round out the week or the month or however it is they do their reporting. Yeah, and that also means that people aren't going to be seeing Ricky Starks versus CM Punk live for the former Twitter championship. Um, but you're saying, you, you were saying earlier that the Ricky Steamboat um, coming in as referee is actually a callback. Yeah, yeah. So this coincides with a point that we made last week where we asked the viewership to bring some stories from the road or a, a match that maybe people hadn't seen, an obscure wrestling match. Now, this one isn't what I would call obscure, but it's it's definitely from a show that people may not have seen or they may have watched it on YouTube, whatever the case may be. But it is a callback, though, in the sense that, again, it's the same thing with Sam Punk showing that he does pay attention to history. He does go back and look at everything. Yeah. Uh, and it's Sam Punk. This is my recommendation for the week for everybody. So this week we're doing a match of the week, and it is because I have got some stories from the road. Oh, boy. 
do I have some stories from the road? But I want to, <laughs> <laughs> I want to give myself a, a little bit more time to choose the right one as the first one because you know first impressions count, all Absolutely. that kind of stuff. So rather than jump straight into that, I thought we'd start with a little bit of a soft launch of it, and we'll do a uh, obscure match of the week. Now this one is excellent if I'm honest with you. So, you know, you're obviously, I don't even have to ask, but you're a Brian Danielson fan. Oh, I'm a Brian Danielson guy. Uh, I, I think I mentioned last week, I didn't get into him until he was Daniel Bryan on WWE, but that forced me. And it was actually funny because it was WWE's mention of him being an internet darling and all that when he first came through, which is, a, it's rare that WWE will force me to go back and look at somebody's back history like usually they're like this is a new guy you don't need to go anywhere you watch him here but they 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 did make a big deal when he first came through on nxt the game show which was fucking terrible but they made a big point of saying that he was a internet darling and the indies he's loved on the indies and stuff and i went back and watched some of his stuff and yeah brian danielson's a goat love him this is the match for you then like straight up this is from 2004 it is Brian Danielson versus CM Punk. It is from Reborn. I'm also a CM Punk guy. <laughs> yeah, so it's perfect for you. It's from a show called Reborn Stage 1, and the special referee for that match is none other than the Dragon, Ricky Steamboat, because there was a little bit of a back and forth, you could say, a little bit of a tiny, tiny feud there between CM Punk and Ricky Steamboat. Obviously, at this point in his career, Steamboat's back was Cactus and really unable to do a lot of stuff. So rather than have him, you know, murder himself, even though I'm sure he wanted to, they had him be the special referee for the match. And it is just a beautifully told story. It doesn't go for so long. The clip that I will post in the description and all of that kind of stuff is an hour-long clip, but the match itself goes for about 25 minutes, I think. And, yeah, it is just... If you want to see a match that is just chain wrestling, it is just psychology, it's just a masterclass. And looking at Brian Danielson in this as well, seeing him with his little shaved head, and he had such a little staunch body too before he kind of hit the the WWE. He was like this little like pit bull of a dude. And yeah. like one thing that he was always really known for was just incredible submission wrestling. Was, was this match not long before Punk left well 2004 is we're getting close we're getting close to the end of because, Punk's I'm time just, on the i'm Indies. just looking at punk's build in this as well and you can see he's clearly bulking up at the time because it's it's not very often punk makes somebody look small no but the danielson because he's so short it's always going to look that way but at the same time like i said he was staunch yep. like, you know he, he was big barrel chest and yeah he was just down and dirty really really good match so this is my recommendation for the week link in the description somewhere whether it's below or in spotify i don't know where it's going to be i don't know anything about this i'm terrible at this side of things but there will be a link (laughs) in the description somewhere on the internet it may be a video that we post it may be the spotify that we post it could be on a random video somewhere else that has nothing to do with us but there will be a link to this there will be a link somewhere (laughs) <laughs> somewhere on the internet so yeah that that is the recommendation for the week i definitely recommend you check it out 
Awesome. So that just about wraps up this week's episode, episode two of Down Under the Ring. But before we wrap it up, we like to finish off the week with some shows around Australia and New Zealand that you should get out and support because we love supporting local pro wrestling because it's it's where all of these amazing stars that you're seeing uh, in the WWE and AEW and New Japan all, you know, cut their teeth is in these places so you never know you might be going along paying 20 to 40 bucks to watch an amazing show and seeing somebody who will in a few years time be gracing your tv screens and it's true you will absolutely see that because the way that australian and new zealand wrestling is going at the moment it's just a matter of time like for a lot of the guys on the rosters right now they are right on the cusp Absolutely. So I'm going to kick things off with Action Packed Wrestling. So this is actually a new promotion in Auckland. They reached out to me uh, literally this morning and said, hey, love the show. Could you promote my upcoming show? And I said, absolutely. So they've got Encore coming up. It's only their second show. It's at the Kaipara College in Helensville in Auckland, which is August the 26th. And you can find uh, tickets available now on eventfinder.co.nz. But also, if you want to check them out, Action wrestling on facebook do that again say it again i want to say the place again i want to hear you say the place again go and do it do it which again. one which one say the place say the place again where it's being held oh at kaipara college ah it's nice it's very ah. good i like that <laughs> <laughs> uh next on the list we've got renegades versus gcw this is going to be a banger some amazing stars coming into uh australia for this uh august 25th they're going to be in sydney uh, august 25th they're going to be in sydney august 26th they're going to be in Melbourne. August 27th, they're going to be in Brisbane. Sadly, they're not making it over to your side of the uh, island. Nothing fucking comes here, man. Nothing <laughs> nothing comes here. It's bullshit. We get, we get zero things, so it doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Coming up very soon, we've got All-Star Pro Wrestling, who are doing Steel City Madness in Broadmeadow and the Broadmeadow Bowling Club in Broadmeadow slash Newcastle. It's just a bit south of Newcastle. And then August the 19th, we've got Proving Grounds in the Padstow RSL. That's my local. I will be there. Head along. Head along if you see me there. Come up and say hi. And then we and have then got some stuff. Side, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, we've got some stuff coming up on your side of the island, though. Yeah, so for my side of the island, it is a lot of the same because, you know, the shows haven't happened yet. <laughs> but we have got EPW Hell or High Water, a steel cage match for the EPW Championship on the 12th of August. It is going to be a absolute banger. You can find them at epwperth.com. On top of that, we have Forever Roxy Riot, as we mentioned last week, the Roxy Riot tribute show, with all the proceeds going to a cure for meningitis. So that is a very special one for me, very near and dear to my heart. That is August 5th, so that is next week, and it is just to age the podcast a little bit. Why not, you know? It is going to be an incredible night, and it's going to be an emotional night, and it's going to be fantastic at the same time. Yeah, and look, if you're going along to that, drop some extra money in the bucket because it's going to a good cause. Are you going to be heading along to either of these shows, Shippy? Yeah, uh, look, I may be to hit all of the ones in my area, like as far as the Perth side of things go, because like I love wrestling and I have been away from it for too long. I've kept myself away from it because I'm a stupid fucking idiot, honestly, and <laughs> I just I find it really hard to watch sometimes, you know, because I can't do it. But I am making a conscious effort to go to the shows and support my friends. So Awesome. So if you're heading along there, make sure you go up and tell Shippy you love him. 
Yes, come and speak to me, please. I'll be the one sitting by myself drinking heavily. <laughs> We've also got World Series of Wrestling, as we talked about last week. Some amazing international acts coming over for that. They're actually touring the entire country as well. October 6th to 13th. It's a wee while away, but tickets are on sale now. Finally, we've got the last one there as well, which is Dude, Where's My Ring? They don't even go here. Yeah, yeah. That, so this one, obviously, the last time we recorded, at the previous show had just happened, so we couldn't really report on that. But now, thankfully, I can say Friday, August 25th, Dude, Where's My Ring? returns to the Seasonal Brewing Company. And again, if you like your deathmatch wrestling, if you like your... Honestly, it's not even just that, too. There is a lot of like matches on the show as well. I don't know how they do it without a ring. I would literally die and fall to pieces if I tried to. So looking forward to seeing how they go with the next show. Awesome. And look... I actually am very tempted to buy a ticket to come over to Perth and check one of these shows out because the concept of Dude, Where's My Ring sounds amazing. Honestly, you should come over and check out all the wrestling here because it is all sensational. We've, we're very lucky. We've got a lot of good people, a lot of great shows here. There are a couple of shows we haven't even spoken about yet and that's honestly, that's been my, my malaise. I've been lazy about it because... <laughs> like, I, I wish I hadn't, but it was because my involvement in those companies didn't really happen so one of them existed after i stopped wrestling and another one i wrestled for a little bit here and there but i kind of fell away from for a time not not for any bad reason but just because we were doing our thing they were doing their thing and Life. it's just just the way it is so yeah. i'm going to make an effort to get through and uh, get all of the shows for the next week just so that we've got them there too because everyone deserves a fair like you know pain of the brush too so absolutely and look if you're um, a promoter at uh, a wrestling show in australia or new zealand and want us to talk about it or if you even want us to come along and check it out uh, you can hit us up uh, online um, and you can do that on all of our social medias so where can people follow you shippy Oh, mate, everywhere. I am everywhere at the moment. It's not true at all. I am an antisocial fuck and I am barely <laughs> anywhere on the internet. But if you do decide to come and listen to me be sad on Twitter, you can do that at underscore warship. It's where I put all of my deepest emotional fucking explosions. Or you can go everywhere else at the warship with nothing else and no other bullshit on everywhere so whether it's instagram whether it's twitch because i still stream there i've just started streaming again and it is excellent you should come watch me on there but yeah pretty much no matter where you look up the warship you'll find me even only fans that's not really a thing i have an account but i haven't done anything with it yet 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 <laughs> <laughs> what about you fid obviously we've got your only fans but outside of that what else is there you can find me everywhere at fid mcawesome luckily i've managed to grab my username on everything uh and look you can slide into our dms or hit us up with a tweet and or whatever and let us know where your event is or if you have a story from the road you can hit up uh shippy directly don't hit up me uh, head up Shippy, he is going to be taking all con uh, all contributions to that segment and changing names and locations where needed. Yes, that's another big thing just to, before we leave to mention is is that if you do choose to send me through, if you're a wrestler and you do choose to send me through a story from the road, please understand that for one, I will not be sharing any of the details about who messaged me with Fid. I've already got a few yeah. of them. He doesn't know who I'm talking about. Look, and I kind of want that for entertainment purposes. I yeah, want to hear the yeah. stories and I don't want to know who's involved. Yes, so that will be the case all the way around. So if you've got a story from the road that you'd like to share that you don't 
want to anyone to know who was in the story at all, but you still think it's fucking hilarious, please hit me up. You can get me at all the places I said before, and I'm sure we can figure out a way to do links in the description. I don't know, maybe I'm stupid, but we can definitely figure we that can out. Def- well. We can definitely do that. And if you're listening to this podcast, make sure you give us a rating on whatever service you have found us on, because we are yeah. now on everything. It took a week. Yeah took a week but we are now on everything so make sure you check us out give us a rating give us a thumbs up give us a follow give us a support all those good things and yes. you can also eventually we'll have uh, a down under the ring social medias on everything but currently we are on twitter active it's down under the ring with the o redacted from down so dwn under the ring yeah check us out but yeah and i would just like to say a big thank you for everybody who listens to what we do because it is a passion project of myself and fid and it's been incredible to hear the response from you guys so far so thank you so much for listening and until next time you'll find us down under the ring. Oh, my God.